Hello and welcome. My name is Tim. I'm Dante. And I'm Herfy Durfy. And this is GoMode, a link to the past randomizer podcast. 99 podcast episodes. We have done 99 podcast episodes. 99 <laughs> podcast episodes. I was wondering how you were going to yeah, run that. I, I should have <laughs> um, figured. <laughs> the answer Temp, was I was Temple never going to. banished from 8 Mile. <laughs> um, yeah, I literally came up with that while I was saying the name of the podcast. Sometimes I go in. Sometimes we like we rack our brains for like a full minute and it's just like silence of like, OK, what? What are we going to talk about at the beginning of the episode? What? What's we could just talk about something? randomizer and and we'd always have a topic. Um, and Dancy always, always does this. He's he's like, we don't even need an intro. Why don't we just talk about random? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, what's up, guys? Here's the news. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, five. let's let's be honest. It's not us racking our brain. It's you, Tim, specifically racking your brain. <laughs> what we could do with the intro and me and Dante being bitter old men. What are Hang those two a- guys called? Stetler and Waldorf? Yeah. yeah That's I got you. Dante when it's yeah. about the uh, intro that we're supposed to do. I got you. Yeah. So if if you like Timp's uh, fun, yeah, fun uh, intros, uh, give us a five-star review. And if you don't like them and you'd want to actually be uh, like me and Herfy Durfy, give us a five-star review. It really helps us out. Smash that like button. Uh, like and subscribe. Uh, yeah, that's everything. All right. Uh, on to the news, Tim. <laughs> You know what the secret is about five star reviews? They don't tell you this, but if you once you give a five star review, you could write whatever you want. Oh. You could absolutely <laughs> tear us a new one in a five star review if you wanted to. I'm just saying. I mean, that is very true. Yeah, <laughs> you can. I mean, you can be sure I'll read it, too. I mean, I'm going to read it regardless, but like <laughs> you can really like you could hurt me in those things if you wanted to. You could really hurt me because I, vulnerable I most times don't read them unless Temp says, hey, I saw a new one because I <laughs> I always forget they exist until Temp brings them up. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't worry. I got it. I got it covered for us. Yeah. I got it covered for all three of us. I will let you know when something interesting happens there. Uh, All right. Well, let's talk about A Link to the Past Randomizer. Uh, Right now, of course, we've got the main tournament going on as well as the Challenge Cup. Everybody is real busy with one of those Mm -hmm. uh, for the most part in the community. Uh, As far as the main tournament is concerned, um, I have to be very honest. I haven't really been keeping a super close eye on it. Again, I'm I'm doing my Challenge Cup thing, um, racing a lot more than I usually do in that um, and then, you know, the other normal like BS excuses like work and family and stuff <laughs> coming up. Um, but uh, I will at least post the schedule in the description and uh, I can safely say that if you are ever jonesing for watching a little bit of rando, you would do yourself a favor to click on this schedule and just kind of watch whatever's on. Um, cause I know there's a lot of good races going on. Um, Dante, I know you're not, uh, you know, you're taking a break from the main tournament, but have you been checking out any races? Oh, yeah. have you, you know, yeah. What's so what's, what's your uh, thoughts on the latest? Um, if you're being restreamed, you have a very high probability of rolling keys. Um, <laughs> yeah, it seems like that, doesn't it? That's the, the, the takeaway, uh, that I've noticed. That's, that's my own personal bias. I didn't get that opinion from anybody else. Also, um, Inverted keys uh, with a flute. I, I gotta say, I gotta not say it's great because uh, inverted as a, a mode, I still think needs to be reworked. But um, 
uh, it's kind of fun. Uh, you know, I, I, maybe it was maybe it was all the beer I had last night, but uh, <laughs> I was doing commentary for uh, Matt and Kaide, and uh, I say last night it was Friday. <clears throat> and um, mm. I saw it was inverted keys. I was I had three beers ready, and I was like, well, this is a four beer mode. Um, <laughs> and uh, literally, as one of the runners hit go mode, I I had uh, I, I just finished my fourth beer, and I'm like, all right, we're good to get home now. Uh, so <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah. The, yeah, the only, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say the only thing that I really know about the main tournament, I'm also not super closely following it, but I do want to mention the, the plight of, uh, my ladder boss, big Dunka, mm. who I think by now has had a little more luck, but he managed to get three keys seeds in a row with two of them also being ped required seeds. <laughs> and uh, he was not having a great start and not having a good time in his tournament life. I'm a hundred, not, you know, honestly not a hundred percent sure how I was going for him right now, but uh, that start was very rough. So he was thinking about closing down the ladder. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't. We, it, it wasn't a good time. Hitting we, the nuke button. We we had to have some therapy sessions to calm him down. Honestly, I'm happy to hear that I'm not the only one because after so I I to pivot a little bit challenge cup. So the last time we spoke, I'd only done one uh, versus Lumaga, and I had won that one narrowly. Uh, I, I actually sorry, I had done two last time, and I had also done an inverted with against Yonker's wife, and I forfeited that one. Um, <clears throat> Since the last time we've spoken, I had another inverted rolled as the next one. And after finishing that and getting beaten, uh, I was so incredibly tilted, so incredibly salty. I was having those same like F it all thoughts of just like, I'm done with this game. This game's stupid. Like, I don't even like rando, you know, like by the third time I was rolling a seed and it was the second inverted keys I got, I was like, I seriously am going to quit this tournament if I get a third inverted keys in a row. Uh, so another one was rolled. Thankfully, there wasn't even inverted keys in the deck anymore between me and my next opponent, Josh Bittner, um, though I did still manage to lose that one as well. So also feeling pretty salty about that one. But that one felt more on me because it was like, OK, MC boss, this is I I know what's going on. I can count the items I, I you know, that loss was on me. What's fine. That's fine. I can take that. But like g- getting having this one mode out of five that could show up, but then shows up more than a fifth of the time, like kind of sours the whole experience, at least for me. And I, I whined about this last time. I don't want to, I'm done. That's, that's literally all I'm going to say about it now, but like, yeah, it's, it lowers my experience when I play all of these inverteds. That's fair. I agree. Honestly, I mean, I do. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's I, sorry. I was just thinking for a second because I totally understand what you mean. And it's kind of rough sometimes to come back from that. But uh, as we will talk about with uh, in our feature that is about to happen as well, uh, it's still sort of addictive in a weird way. Right. So, you know, you put it down for a day, a week, whatever amount of time it takes. But eventually you're like, well, you know. I guess I could try another one. Can't be as bad as the last one, right? You know, as Dante was saying about inverted keys, that it's kind of fun. Like, I kind of agree a little bit. 
<laughs> I feel the same way. Like I, <laughs> I am kind of coming around, like, especially like when you start a seed, it's like the possibilities are endless and you know, you're finding stuff and you're like, okay, this isn't so bad, but yeah, it's like, you know, when you're an hour and a half into the seed and it's like, okay, well I can either go get the big chest in thieves or mimic cave. Like those are my two options. Like, you know, starts to get bad. I don't even know if those make sense, but whatever. It's, it's definitely a different experience, which kind of makes it fresh again. So, you know, once you come around to it and got some practice under your belt, it, it doesn't seem as bad anymore. Yeah, maybe, who knows? Uh, oh. You know, the other thing about it is the stakes, right? Because like, if this was a ladder race, I can get over a loss to a, on a ladder race, like in a few hours. But when it's like, this is your record. And I know people are like checking these out every day being like, oh, what happened? Oh, who's up in this group? What's this group doing? There was a point where our group was somebody figured out like a chaos percentage of the groups and how the matches had been going. Um, like if you were not close at all to picking your one and two, you know, in your group of four of who's going to move on. Uh, you would get like a high chaos percentage. And we almost had the dream where yesterday, if I would have won my race against Josh Bittner, our entire group would have been two and two, putting us at a 100% chaos, as in like nobody knows who's moving on. We're basically at a wash after these, you know, eight games or whatever have been played at this yeah. point, six games. Um, but I messed it up by losing, so that sucks. But uh, yeah, it's, it's so kind of being on a stage, even if you're not being restreamed, like I know for a fact, like there are people watching a multi-stream and like maybe chatting along and stuff. So it makes it uh, it makes it it makes the highs higher and the lows lower. And unfortunately, I've just been not playing that well. So it's been low lows. Um, but there's you know, there's still more some more games left. So it's not it's not quite done yet. We could all end at three and three still. There's still, I think, there's the possibility of that. You never yeah. know. Uh, yeah. Just got to play it out now i was gonna say tim like did you did you have you put in the work have you have you done your due diligence do you feel like you were prepared for the task at hand as far as inverted mm. keys and other mm. keys for that mm. matter mm. 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 absolutely not okay all right well uh moving <laughs> on uh <laughs> Yeah, I, no, I get it. Yeah. And I've, I've said, as, I've said as much. if you're not going to practice, you're not allowed to complain. And I have not practiced. And yet here I am complaining. My you have a podcast. So. You can complain all you yeah, want. You know, you don't like it. Then turn the podcast off. Actually, don't turn this one off because this is a really good episode. We've got a really great interview for you. Yeah, coming up. I promise just, our hard drives won't die button. today. At this point, we got a backup yeah. in place. If they die, who cares? We got the backup audio. That's right. We have our backups in place. No Shout more tragedies. To Craig. Yep. Thank you, Craig. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, okay, main tourney challenge cup. I know I've said my piece. Anybody else feel like they have anything else to say on this? Uh, good luck to the gamers. Next time when you guys are here for the episode one hundo, uh, we'll probably be in brackets of both. Yeah, probably. Um, is there anything else that we need to go over happening in the community? I mean, these tournaments always are like so per pervasive when they're happening. Um, we do have some stuff to say about mentor tournament, but you know, we'll, we'll handle that in the GMP community updates. I'm just wondering, is now the time for GMP community updates or is there anything else going on that we should talk about? Uh, I think we're, we're okay to press that, that segue soundbite uh, right here. All right. So as promised, uh, 
GMP Community Updates Mentor Tournament. Today marks the opening of registration for Go Mode Podcast Mentor Tournament Season 4 slash 2022, whichever of those you want to call it. Uh, you can now sign up. So we've this is the fourth time we've done this. We've talked about the Mentor Tournament and the way that it works and the processes many, many times. We have a rules document that has been posted uh, as of the release of this episode today. There's a link in the description to that. It's quite long, uh, but if you have no idea what the mentor tournament is, um, the really short version is it's a 1v1 tournament uh, of newer players in a link to the past randomizer, but you have the benefit of a more experienced player who's kind of on your team, who's in a voice chat or text chat with you, helping you along in the seed. Your opponent also has this, so it's just like, it's basically just racing with training wheels, essentially. You have someone to help you, guide you. Um, the specifics of the tournament is we're going to have 64 racers, unlim- unlimited amount of mentors and uh, volunteers, restreamers, commentators, trackers, things like that. We're, we'll take all the help we can get with that. But for the racers, we're going to cap it at 64. You're going to have two weeks to sign up, basically from when this episode releases to when episode 100 releases in two weeks. Uh, and rather than taking the first 64 that show up, we're going to take the pool at the end and evaluate all of the people and decide who are the ones who are going to be who are going to get the most out of the mentor tournament experience. Meaning uh, if you're like too good, <laughs> if you, you know, uh, have, you know, if you if if we can look at alttprladder.com and see that you have. Uh, played a lot of seeds and you generally win them, that could kind of disqualify you from being a member of the mentor tournament because the people we're looking for are those who are kind of brand new. Maybe they've done two or three ladder races and they haven't been so successful in them. Maybe they don't even know what ladder is yet because they're not fully a part of the community. Those are really the people that we want to be involved. And so we do a little bit of this selective um, you know, choosing of people who are the racers to find that sweet spot of you're new to the game, you're not too good, but also you can like finish a seed in you know four hours or hopefully yeah. a little bit less than that. It's like anti gatekeeping. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. What I'm trying to think of what that would be like. It's it's a instead of a wall with an open gate, it's like there's a wall and then everything else is a gate of the wall. Yeah, it's a reverse door. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> no idea what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I, that's, that's the like general overview. Hopefully that helps you figure out, you know, you listening to this, if it makes sense for you to register or not, um, you have two weeks to decide. Um, but what we will require of you, if you are interested, we're going to have two uh, seeds that we're going to post basically like bi-weekly seeds, except we call them the async seeds for this mentor tournament. Um, we'll ask you to play both of those and submit your time to us. And this is also a tool we can use to kind of help us figure out, you know, uh, who, uh, the kind of general skill levels. Of course, you can't actually do that with two seeds, but we don't have a lot to go off of. And we're also trying to be respectful of people's time. So we just ask that you do these two seeds and as an admin team, we'll review those and that'll help us pick our 64 people. So that's the basics. I did just want to cover on this podcast, though, some of the stuff that is new in 2022. 
this year. So I'm just going to quickly go over some of these uh, some of these new things. So the first one is last year we had the introduction of our boots camp. This is a week before the tournament actually starts. And each night we would have a experienced member of the community put on kind of a clinic for the community at large. It was a live stream on go mode pod or twitch.tv slash go mode podcast where, uh, you know, like, uh, for instance, the first night was all about movement and our, our friend P train put on that clinic. Then we had SB on come on and talk about dungeon routing and logic. Uh, Wednesday, we had our very own, uh, Mr. Dante, uh, talking about, uh, boss execution, um, Thursday was uh, Endgame with Sailor Nep. That'll sound familiar to folks that just heard her talk about Ganon. And then the fifth day we had a mock seed. So this year we're doing something called Boots Camp Bonk Back. And it is quite simply, we're just doing a rebroadcast of last year's Boots Camp's videos, the week leading up to the tournament start. Uh, so it's a live rebroadcast, but you can jump in and ask questions in real time in case you have questions that weren't addressed by the presenter, you know, last year. Uh, so that's the first thing. I think bonk back. Well, we'll kind of that's kind of going to be, you know, hinge or hinged on uh, the question part. If people are going to be in chat and able to answer those, because obviously we're not going to be able to stop the the replay of said video being broadcast. Uh you know, mm-hmm. to have the, the streamer answer. So it's going to be kind of a, a, a dip, a little different. Um, cause there were some questions last year and I'm not sure if they're really gonna, uh, you know, anyway, we'll see, well, we'll see how it goes. The, that, no, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause we did, uh, the restream setup that we had for this event does display the chat as part oh, of yeah, the video. Yeah, so did. you will see last year's questions pop up on the video and then, you know, the presenter may answer them, you know, stop what they're saying to answer them. Um, so of course this is a VOD, it's not going to change, but we will have, you know, a second set of chat that's happening now in 2022. Uh, and to your point, Dante, I agree. I think, you know, one thing that we should make sure we do is reach out to a few folks and just kind of make sure we can get some light coverage guaranteed each night of like a person who can kind of be around to answer questions. Maybe even the person who did the original presentation, probably not that in probably not for everyone, but yeah, that's a good point. That's, that's something we should, we should work on. Um, so that is, that's the first thing. So that's actually kind of a return, but in a new format, this next one is brand new. It's something we've been working on a lot behind the scenes. I have no idea how it's going to go, how successful it's going to be, but If it goes the way I'm imagining it, I think it could be really helpful for some folks. So we've decided to call this getting into go mode or gigum, I guess, if you wanted to make a uh, a gigum channel. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Like a hook'em horns, like Texas Tech or whatever. I know nothing about sports. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Go ahead. So the idea with these is um, they are pre-rolled seeds that we have two people from the community play. One person we've chosen is kind of a higher tier runner that has, you know, you've probably seen in the upper brackets of some tournaments. Uh, And then the other person is someone who is definitely a good runner. uh, And it's someone that you maybe see around our Discord a little more often. Maybe someone who was frequently chatting, asking and answering questions, things like that. Um, So we have these two people run the seed and they're going to be recording their thoughts of what to do and where to go in real time as they're playing the seed. We then as an admin team are going to take those notes and present them to you to be utilized while you're playing the seed. So you're gonna have like a separate Google Docs file or maybe even Excel uh, by the time we're finished that kind of 
gives you hints about things to think about when you find certain items or get to certain locations. Um, and it's going to be a little tricky to make sure we don't kind of spoil the seed. We might have spoiler text that you have to hover over, things like that. But the idea is you're not worried about how fast you're going in the seed. It's it's a workbook. It's like homework. It's not it's not a test. Right. So you could pause the game and look at, OK, at this point, you know, after finding the hammer, I have so many different places I could go. Where should I go? You can go to this document and look at what Dante was thinking when he got to that point in the seed, not what actually it ended up being in retrospect, but like his actual thoughts in that moment uh, to help give you some insight into what you might want to do next. Bless whoever has to uh, get my my thoughts where I voiced them (laughs) into text because I babbled the whole time like. (laughs) Uh, like I do when I play, you know, Mike off uh, or on. It was. <laughs> yeah, well, we definitely appreciate you uh, doing this and kind of being a guinea pig for this format. Um, you know, like I said, it's new. Uh, maybe these won't really be that helpful and it's not something we do again. Maybe this will if even one person has like an aha from this, I think that's that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, I just I, I had this idea of like if you could have like a guided experience through a seed to help you think, you know, cause one of the problems I think that we get into is like you have a decision point and you go very far in the wrong direction. You made the quote unquote wrong decision and it can feel like I'm so far behind. I'm so deflated. If you kind of had like bumpers, you know, like a bowling bumper over the gutter to help you, well, no, no, maybe think about going here instead, you know, that could kind of help you to kind of, you know, not get so off course and get discouraged and also give you a little insight, you know, like a mentor light kind of experience yeah. before, before the tournament starts. So, uh, so I'm optimistic about that. Um, more details on that to follow, uh, but they will be posted uh, before the tournament starts. So you can utilize those and we'll have a, a, uh, a channel where you can, you know, talk about, uh, talk about your experiences through them as well. Um, so those are the two, uh, you know, kind of pre tournament uh, things that, that are going to be a little different this year. Um, the other things that to keep in mind, um, we are going to start putting the number of races mentored next to each mentor's name on the availability schedule that we give out. So the thought process here is if people can see how many races somebody has mentored and if somebody has done 15 and another person has done one and they have the exact same availability, we're asking that you consider reaching out to the person that has mentored less instead of mentoring, reaching out to the person that has done a bunch. Um, and the idea is we're trying to cut down on mentor burnout and kind of spread the love with uh, people who are helping out because we've gotten reports of people who are like, everyone's asking me and I can't say no. And I end up doing like one a day and it's like getting a little overwhelming. Uh, and then we have people who are like, yeah, I was waiting for people to reach out to me. I was super excited and no one ever did. And so we want to try to avoid that happening and, you know, spread the level a little bit. And I think just having the number of how many races each person has done in real time will will help with that. Well, we'll see. But that's that's my yeah. hypothesis. And I mean, like kind of echoing what you were saying about, you know, people not getting reached out to. And a lot of that is like, you know, it's um how how open and um I guess like what's the word assertive like active Pe- and yeah assertive people want to be and it can also hinge mm-hmm. on you know well someone who works in like say an office and they can't touch discord from like nine to five uh it's going to be hard to interact with people who you know may have their phone or something popping in you know time to time you know some people uh may 
you know, may be blessed with a job that like they're off. Like, you know, th- we do this tournament a lot of times near the beginning of summer. So sometimes people may have a job where they're off and that's like really good for availability. But, um, you know, uh, we also don't want to burn anybody out if they, you know, yeah. if that's the case. So, um, yeah, I, you know, and, and this is, uh, I think to be clear, like <clears throat> nobody, uh, for lack of better phrasing, I don't think anybody was like super butthurt that like they didn't get called upon no. to, to be a mentor. Uh, but you know, they, no. I, I know that there were some folks who were like, yeah, you know, nobody, I didn't get that many people reaching out or whatever, but they were just like, you know, it's cool. Like whatever. Uh, yeah. and that's, that's kind of a good attitude to have, I think. Yeah. And I think part of this is like, no, no one did say anything like that. And also with the burnout thing, like no one quite said like, oh, it was too much. I got overwhelmed. What we've learned is especially these people who are willing to mentor and give up their free time, you know, very selflessly to help other people enjoy this game a little bit more are generally very agreeable people that are just going to do whatever they can to help out. And so Mm -hmm. we've kind of learned, or I feel like I've learned, it's kind of on us to make sure that we are implementing a system that takes good care of the mental health of our mentors because they will probably agree to do more than they actually should (laughs) basically. Um, So, you know, you can always say like, Oh, it's on them to do, you know, if you don't want a mentor, just say no. But like, these are good, helpful people that want to try to help and will work around to, to find reasons to say yes. And so we want to help them to not feel like they have to say yes as often. Yeah, for sure. And then the last one, this might seem minor, but I'm actually really excited about this. No challenge until brackets. So we've had a lot of issues in the past doing these Swiss, uh, the, the, the Swiss stage on challenge where it kind of forces you into having certain matchups. I think like after we do the initial seeding of the first 64 using the async seeds, um, they will be, uh, matched up together, um, based on like what is going to be a close matchup for that one after that i think what it used to do is it would use your initial seating that you went into the tournament with and like if you won your first match uh you know you would go up against someone else who won their first match but like if you were the one seed you go up up against like the lowest seed who did win their match so like it would pick like based on some formula that we didn't you know weren't in control of and trying to make changes when people like drop out of the tournament or, uh, you know, accidentally enter the wrong results, stuff like that with challenge. It was just so hard to be agile and and adept and make changes on the fly during the tournament. We're going to be using an Excel spreadsheet for this. So it's going to be a little bit more manual work, but we do have a mod team that's dedicated to working on that. And it's going to make us so much more flexible when, you know, we have to like make changes on the fly. So yeah, I'm really excited about that. And then the challenge, the brackets will all be challenged because there's really no problems there. Yeah. Brackets work a lot better. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, again, the registration is now open also for mentors. Um, uh, I think I mentioned this before, but we do have a dedicated restream mod and Vexifer, uh, shout out, a, a 2021 participant. Um, so, uh, you know, if you are interested in calming, uh, doing commentary for a race, if you've never done it before, but you're interested or tracking or restreaming, um, definitely uh, get into our discord and look for the appropriate channel to um, get started with that. Uh, We'll also have signup forms in the the description of this episode. So check those out. 
Hey y'all, just a super quick Tuesday temp note. So Herf had to split as we were finishing up this part of the recording. So that's why you haven't heard him in a little while. But before he left, I asked him to just give me a couple quick uh, filler lines. So uh, Dancy and I at the end here wanted to use this opportunity to throw a few of them in there. So that's why you haven't heard Herf in a while. And that's why this part, next part here is going to sound so weird. So, all right. All right, Herf, does that all sound good to you? Yeah. Sweet. All right. Well, uh, I guess with that, we are ready to get into our interview with Desirect. Uh, this has been a long time coming. Hold we up. We just finished recording Hold it. Hold up. Yeah. We got we to gotta talk what? about BWS. Oh, shoot. Dang. You're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. We got, you know, okay. what would, what would everyone play? Uh, you know, and I think since, you know, we gave them, um, the double McBoss, uh, last time, uh, you know, and since you don't like inverted keys, um, we'll, we'll just do tournament keys. Yeah. We I think like Herf. This, yeah, sounds great. Okay. Herf's on board. Yeah. Herf's on board. Um, so this is, uh, yeah, this is, I think this makes sense. Um, I was kind of thinking maybe we could do a mentor tournament uh, type seed. Like we have standard and open and stuff that we're doing for those. Um, again, check the description for that. But we're going to have plenty of weeks to do that. So I figured... Let's go back into our tournament modes. Like you said, we've already done inverted and also their trash. Uh, we've already done Ambrosia a long time ago. Um, and we already did the um, McBoss. That was last time. Uh, and that just leaves us with this um, tournament key sanity. So that will be the biweekly seed. And uh, please enjoy. All right. Now, Temp, you can introduce now. our esteemed guest. Yes. Uh, so without any further ado, let's get into the history of ALTTPR with Desirect. Okay, sure. Folks, next up on the Go Mode podcast, we are so, so excited to have our current guest with us. Uh, since the beginning of this show, we've talked about doing an episode about the history of ALTTPR trying to find the very, you know, the the earliest moments um, where the seed of an idea started and grew into what it is today. And there's really no better person to have on to talk about that uh, than the person who who did uh, the, the development on the very first version of A Link to the Past randomizer. And we are uh, pleased to have him here today. So please welcome to the show, Desirect. Desirect, thanks for being here today. Oh, thank you for having me. So uh, we are really looking forward to getting into this. Um, we've got some uh, questions here, some notes to go over. Um, but with any of our guests that we have on, the first thing we like to do is just kind of get to know you a little bit better. So without asking you a ton of really, you know, specific questions, I'll just give you one kind of general one, uh, a general question here, which is um, how did you get into the world of ALTTPR. So like, you know, you could tell us about early programming or, you know, your first memories with A Link to the Past, but like what put you on the path to, to get you here today? I started playing A Link to the Past pretty much when it came out. My mom actually was a big fan of Zelda 1. And uh, I actually remember when, before it even came out, because we had Nintendo Power and stuff like that. And it's like, Oh my gosh, you could you could swim in this game. You could do all sorts of cool things. Uh, and we played it and and it was just everything that Zelda one was, but better. And, uh, you know, that always kind of stuck with me. Obviously, they've released a ton of Zelda games since then. Um, 
you know, Ocarina of Time was great. Majora's Mask was absolutely wonderful. But but Link to the Past was always always the one that like really, you know, captured my imagination. Um, it was it was it was one of those games where. So when I got into speedrunning, um, I played a lot of Super Metroid, uh, which amusingly was a game I didn't have when I, you know, growing up. And and for some reason, I could never really get into speedrunning Link to the Past. But I liked the game a lot. And. Well, I mean, I guess I, I, I don't know if we're planning on talking about the whole beginning a little later, but but yeah, basically it's like, well, why, why don't we why don't I. You know, build a randomizer for this uh, you know the context yeah. at that point is, is we've already got a ton of randomizers for other games out um so that's interesting so at the time when you had the thought to randomize a link to the past one of the things that you thought is we already have a lot of other randomizers i'd say i wasn't familiar with any randomizers at all <laughs> until a link to the past randomizer what kind of randos were were you hearing about and, and seeing um back back around this time which would have been you know 2014 the first one that i saw was pokemon red and blue mm. and I just thought it was an interesting concept because, um, you know, when people you speed run a game, you play the same game a lot over and over and over. You do want to change things up a bit. And and one of the first ways that that I saw that people did that was with with Ocarina of Time. There was a thing called Cosmosis and it was it was like kind of a random goal generator. You know, it's like, get this end up here defeat this and have, you know, this inventory or whatever, you know? Oh, so, so people would start a race. They generate the cosmosis at the start of the race. And then, you know, here's, um, here's the thing. And then they came up with bingo. Uh, and you know, bingo is, is another great way to, to, to like, you know, you have your five by five grid. Um, and, you just choose you just choose your own complete it uh and then eventually you know there's other variants on bingo that got yeah. created and and i saw the pokemon randomizer and i'm like that's that's very interesting um but i didn't really think too much about it because i wasn't really a pokemon player uh it wasn't until crank Dud released his first version of the super metroid randomizer that i really really took note of it because at the time, you know, is kind of big in the Super Metroid community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so the, when you talked about this uh, goal randomizer for Pokemon, was that something that was like ROM hacked into the game or was it like a standalone uh, just kind of random number generator with text assigned to it that you would casually kind of know whoever hits this first wins? Uh, yeah, very much the the second uh, thing. And this is this is for Ocarina of Time. Actually. Oh, OK. Um, Narcissa Wright uh, was the author of that. Um, and, and this was way, way back in the early days of Speedruns Live. Uh, and the Pokemon randomizer, by the way, would that just randomize, you know, what Pokemon you could find in certain areas? You know, they had a lot of stuff going on at the time. And, and I remember they changed up like movesets. They changed what Pokemon you could get, um, you know, at the start of the game, what Pokemon you would find. Uh, I think I think I don't remember too many details at that point. Um, obviously, now you can change basically everything about the game. Yeah. But um, yeah. 
but at the time, you know, I just, I just knew it's like, Oh, that's a really uh, interesting party that he's got going. So yeah, like the, 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 the possibilities for, for how much it could change the game were, were pretty apparent. I think at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one thing I, I do want to pause to mention is uh, in order to kind of guide our conversation, um, I am sort of using an article that was written by a friend of the show, Sabotender, for the website Destructoid. Uh, and it's called Infinite Remix, the story of the Link to the Past randomizer. And we will absolutely put a link to that in the description. Um, and uh, shout out to Sabotender for uh, doing some amazing writing. That was written back in 2018. We were talking before we started recording about how wild it is that that was written. Honestly, I mean, five years ago, so long ago at this point, but actually does a really good job of kind of recounting everything up to that point. Um, so again, check out that article. If you're interested in this, absolutely read that, you know, top to bottom and kind of consider this podcast, maybe a little bit of a, a cliff's notes, if you will, um, you know, asking a little bit, kind of going behind the scenes on a few of the points that are made in that article. Um, so anyway, to kind of get back into it, another one of the randomizers that's mentioned in that article that you took interest in around the same time was the Final Fantasy VI randomizer. Um, can you tell us a little bit about kind of what happened in that one and what was it about that randomizer that stood out to you? So the Final Fantasy VI randomizer, this is this is actually the first one I can really take credit for. Like a lot of people put uh, credit for Super Metroid randomizer on me. Well, no, it was really it was really cranked out that that generated the first version um working on the final fantasy 6 randomizer uh it was a project that i started with lenefis uh who's a long time final fantasy 6 um streamer and hacker and um just absolutely very knowledgeable about the game hmm. and so this is kind of kind of my first um collaborative project really because when i took crank duds i just kind of ported it and then you know wrapped a gooey around it and and then just sort of went with it you know in in yeah in my own direction i made it just try to make it a little more accessible to the masses right um mm. and and i took kind of that same concept and I'm like okay well let's let's just apply this to final fantasy 6 cuz i already knew somebody that was very well versed in that scene and it was really easy to say, okay, well, this is what I'm trying to do. Not, not being a ROM hacker myself, not being super familiar with um, the assembly used by the Super Nintendo. You know, having someone to lean on there really helped make it go, make the development go a little bit faster. That, that was another one of those uh, sort, of, sort of surprise, like once I had a, had a version that I was happy enough with, I, I invited um, LCC to stream it um, back in February of 2015. Mm. Um, but the problem with Final Fantasy VI as a randomizer, like if you just straight, if all you do is move the items around, uh, maybe you change up, because um, we didn't do a whole lot to the game. We changed what the characters did. Uh, so like maybe, maybe Terra instead of having Morph would have tools or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so we like changed, the abilities. Right, right. And we changed we changed up the chest contents. Um and we found that really if you were going fast, the game kind of started about three and a half hours in. And then you would get <laughs> to the juicy bit. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I don't know how well you know Final Fantasy VI, but 
the whole world of balance is a fairly straightforward affair. Pretty linear. Yeah. Yeah. And then the game really opens up in the world of ruin. So you have basically three and a half, four hours of, okay, well, this is the setup of the world. You know, this is what all the characters do. Now I'm going to go, you know, four hours in the game starts. Let's, you know, figure out who we want to bring to the end and then, and then beat it. And having to wait that long for any actual interesting decisions does not make for a good experience. It's unconscionable. Yeah, you, you absolutely cannot do that. So how did you solve for it? Uh, well, we didn't, actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Deal with it, That's suckers. pretty easy. Uh, <laughs> Final Fantasy VI Randomizer, uh, I consider kind of a failed project. And uh, there was a particularly avid fan by the name of Abyssinim who um, was both capable on... The, the the front end side of, of actually writing the randomizer and and building it and and on the, the ASM side. And so by himself, he was able to pump out a much faster version called Beyond Chaos, which if you've seen any Final Fantasy six streams, you might have seen this like kind of lurking about. Uh, mm. And and it's just a much tighter, much more uh, sort of cohesive experience. Um, basically he was impatient waiting for us to add features to our randomizer that he just, he just wrote his own and, you know, released it. And, and it was like, well, you know, at this point we don't, we don't need to do anything because there's already a better one, you know? Yeah. 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 There's been a little bit of that in this community. Um, you know, not necessarily with the main build, but with, you know, improvements that are made upon it. And eventually, you know, hopefully one of them just kind of comes out and people focus their attention on that. Or sometimes you have kind of two branches and, you know, they kind of do the same things. They just look a little different. So it's it's definitely, you know, I, I think it's admirable for you to be able to say, OK, you got this from here and kind of let them run with it. Um, so I, I guess at some point throughout here, um, you know, your attention did turn to a link to the past and what it would take to randomize that. So so tell us about how how that came into focus. Um, okay. Well, some point in 2014, I was working on the Super Metroid randomizer. And the way the Super Metroid randomizer worked was you would take all the items, you'd shuffle them up like a deck of cards, and then and then you could say you deal them out, and then uh if the order matches certain criteria, then you just say call it good. That's what we're gonna, you know, ship out. You know, this is your ROM and uh have fun. Right. Mm -hmm. And one day, I think literally one day I just woke up and it's like, wait a second, we could do this. We could we could just literally tell the program. For every item, you know, here's the requirements to get there uh, and then you figure out what a good order is. And it really opened up the possibilities. And so. This was something that that I thought was was great. Uh, this could apply to multiple games. I remember um, I remember talking to Claris, uh, a Metroid Prime speedrunner. Uh, she wrote the Metroid Prime randomizer. Mm -hmm. And and at the time, that randomizer was very much, you know, shuffle a deck of cards and then here you go. And then yeah. hope you know all the glitches, uh, you know, so you yeah. can get the items, right? Um, 
you know, I was trying to get her to maybe implement this algorithm just to see like if it would improve things. I don't think that ever happened. Um, but I realized that honestly, linked to the past, Zelda is basically the same game as Super Metroid. <laughs> um, like, like your keys are items in, in Metroid. I mean, they're, they're also items in, in Link to the Past, right? I mean, yeah, you've probably spent forever wandering trying to find the Pegasus boots so you could, you know, get whatever's oh, yeah. on top of the, mm-hmm. the bookshelf or, or uh, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so, so they're really the same game. Zelda just has a lot more complexity to it. And, and so it's like, well, why don't I just randomize this game? I mean, it is also one of the, the top three games on the super Nintendo. Yeah. You know, um, and, 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 you know, I started to work on it and, and then found out, yeah, there's a lot of chests. <laughs> there's a lot of chests in Zelda. There really um, are. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. How, how where do you start? Uh, you, you had this realization. You're like, Oh crap, this is a good idea. You know, uh, spoiler alert. It was a good idea. I think we can all agree on that. Anyone who's <laughs> listening to the po- this podcast right now. So how do you even go about tackling a project like that? Uh, assigning the logic to all of the items and item locations. Like where, where do you begin? Uh, well, there's a chest in your house at the start of the game. And uh, that was a really good start. I uh, made it really easy to test. Oh, yeah, can I even change the items? Uh, and and then once I found out I could do that, then it was like, it was a it was a question of okay, what items can I use? Can I put a sword in there? Oh no, that crashed the game. Okay, uh, so figuring out what the item pool like could possibly be. Um, the very first thing all I did was was all of the chests, and uh, I think I did, you know, maybe half of them, and then other things in life came up, mm. you know, I, I, I just kind of set it aside for a while. Um, right. When I was working on this, uh, the, the first time, um, I think I was just doing it at home. And then I, I had a job where I was commuting by train into, into Dallas every day. And I figured out, well, I could just pull out my laptop and, and just plug a little bit little bit at a time during this 40 minute ride so <laughs> that is supremely cool to like to to be able to trace like the roots of this game that you know most of us play like once a week or so back to like this singular like rail in dallas texas you know going back and forth for 40 <laughs> minutes at a time it's just it's super cool to, to be able to you know hear that that's kind of the origin um so as you mentioned, you know, you're, you're like you're working on this thing. Things are kind of, you know, rolling and then things drop off a bit. Um, this is also, again, kind of going off of that Destructoid article kind of outlines this as well. And I guess it, you walk us through this. It's sort of like in early 2016 when things kind of pick back up. So so what happens there? Well, I mean, like I said, now now I had 40 minutes of my day that I could do whatever I want. No one would disturb me. And oh, and so this is OK. So the starting the commute was when it is what picked it back up. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. absolutely. Awesome. Is okay. like, well, you know, I've, I've got nothing else I could do. Um, I may as well keep plugging away at this. For some reason, nobody's released a link to the past randomizer at this point. Uh, Fred Coughlin made the Zelda one randomizer, and that was pretty popular. Uh, but 
for some reason, you know, it just it just hadn't been done for Zelda three at that point. And there were a lot of randomizers popping up everywhere. Uh, I'm pretty sure Zooter, uh, the Ocarina of Time randomizer was was already um, existent at that point. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, with do all these games you, popping up, do you think you just kind of got lucky or do you think maybe people kind of knew that you were working on it? Nobody knew I was working on it. Absolutely huh. nobody. Wow. Um, I, I don't like to announce projects that I'm working on until I know I'm going to be releasing them. Cause otherwise, you know, I'll announce something and then, um, and then what if I don't deliver, you know, I've just left people waiting for no reason. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was very much working in secret. Uh, and, and as for, for luck, yeah, I'm absolutely just thrilled at, at, at what link to the past randomizer has, has done. And I feel just incredibly lucky, uh, to have, have been the one to bring into the world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We will, we will definitely get into that in a bit. That's kind of honestly the, the thing I'm most excited about is to talk to you about, you know, the community today and, and your, your thoughts on that. And, and, but anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll save that for, for the end here. Um, so uh, continuing on, I guess. So at some point in 2016, you finally reach that point where you say, OK, this is ready to release into the world. And um, the Destructoid article mentions that you made a few key uh, connections um, and, and met some people that would help quite a bit with the development. Do you want do you want to tell us maybe about a few of them? Um, I'd like to, to maybe start a little a little earlier because. I was kind of part of a link to the past speedrunning community. I wasn't, I wasn't very big in, in the speedrunning community. Uh, the biggest person at the time was, uh, crystal, um, who, you know, at the time seemed to be just leagues beyond anyone else. Right. Mm-hmm. She knew everything about the game, every technique, all of that stuff. And she was very opinionated on what kind of runs were worth playing and what kinds weren't. And, and so, you know, I, I, I was actually interested in um, 100% no restrictions, you know, let's let's do 100%, but let's allow exploration glitch. Let's allow, you know, all this sort of other thing. You know, yeah. what's what's the I was always a, a big 100% speedrunner and 100% linked to the past has some unfortunate issues called the shovel game and the treasure game. Oh, gosh, uh, yes. <laughs> they definitely do. Very specific. <laughs> and, and that doesn't really help with uh, exploration gl- glitch. But, you know, you, at least you can you can cut down the length of the run, you know, to, to be able to put in a few more reps. Um, and, and so, you know, but but basically the point is, is I didn't mesh well with Crystal. And so I basically didn't mesh well with the community at the time. And mm. and so I stopped visiting the the LTTP channel on Speedruns Live in the middle of 2014. And gotcha. so once I had a version of the randomizer that I was happy enough to show to people, uh, it was mid 2016. Um, I went and looked back at my IRC logs, and it literally goes from you know June 2014 to late May 2016. I'm wow. like, hey, does anyone want to stream randomizer? Just pop in and, and that's the first thing I say. 
<laughs> and wow. Scrivo comes up and he's like, hey, you should join the Discord. And I'm sure you're like, what's Discord? Because it's 2016. And it's like pretty much brand new at the time. <laughs> no, I, I I had Discord at that point. I'd, I'd, I'd already been on a couple of Discords. OK. Um, and uh, but but you're right. It was it was very new. Uh, I was only in a couple of Discords compared to now where I'm in like, I don't know, 50. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the list keeps <laughs> growing. Yeah. Yeah. So so, yeah, I pop in there and. um um, we, 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 I show it, show it to a few people, you know, they do a few races, they play a few games. Uh, and, and I, I, I found this uh pretty interesting. I couldn't find the logs for the first race. I don't know if they actually did it in Azrael or not, or if they just did it, um, sort of ad hoc. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did find one on May 31st, 2016. And basically everyone was like, this seed was stressful as heck. <laughs> Let's do it again. <laughs> and <laughs> you get the sort of I find this masochism like very much present in the community today to to this day. Absolutely. That was what I was thinking is like we're gluttons for punishment. The the weirder and meaner and, and badder the seed is, the more we want to marvel at it and put it on a pedestal and examine it and just be like, can you believe such a grotesque thing <laughs> exists in this world? It's that that continues. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm looking at your discord right now and there's the Curse Siege channel. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, it's just just a collection for for everyone to, you know, it's oh, cathartic. Man, I really for, want to spend seven hours, yeah. you know, trying to find keys and pots or whatever, whatever right. the new thing is now. <laughs> oh, it's sadistic as hell. I mean, I it's kind of like if sure. you're having too too good of a day, uh, then you can always have this repository <laughs> to go to to make your day a little worse. Uh, you know. I think what it really is is more of a therapeutic session for people to post their recursed seats and vent about them. And uh, the the trend is uh, people trying to push their horrible seats that they had a terrible time with on other people so they can share in the suffering and that makes it you know more bearable i suppose so it's all you know about the therapeutic uses of the channel i would say <laughs> yeah. oh, wow wow what does that say about all of us oh man i had a terrible <laughs> day and you know what would make me feel better is if you had one too exactly <laughs> that's how it is you know, another thing that ha- happens sometimes with that channel is newer players will post a seed and be like, this was a nightmare. And then someone with a little more experience will come in and be like, ah, I don't know, not that bad, you know. So it could be kind of a good, um, you know, good to help help level set and, and learn some things, too. But usually they're they're grade A certified stinkers. Um, they're they're there for a very good reason. Um but so it sounds like, you know, with the first uh, build that you put out, there was a pretty positive reaction. I mean, you mentioned this, you know, gluttony for punishment. Um, what other kind of feedback were you hearing about the, the early builds? In the early days, there was there was kind of a big problem with Kakariko Village being too good. Mm. And I never solved that myself. Obviously, it's it's been ironed out and, and I think it's been done in a, a beautiful and, and clever way. Um, yeah, I did, I did get a chance at AGDQ 2018 to talk to V Corp about the current randomization or what was current at the time, uh, the randomization algorithm. And, um, as soon as he said it, like, it was just like, well, yeah, that solves actually a lot of the problems that I had with, with my current algorithm and it's way faster. Um, so 
you know, it's, it, it's awesome uh, that, that those problems have been solved because the way I was doing it, I, I don't think it would have, uh, there was a chest called the, or there's the, the, the hype cave. I don't know if they still call it that, but oh, basically yeah. Oh, yeah. in the dark world, you know, just south of the bomb shop is, is the cave that has, you know, what is it? Four or five chests in it. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes you'd go in there and you'd find all oh, the Titans mitts and the fire rod and the cane of Samaria or, you know, just some big a bunch of dark world items. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, <laughs> so like that, so, but, but the feedback, the feedback was almost universally. This has made the game new for me. Mm. This is like playing Zelda link to the past for the first time again. Mm. And, and that is, I think the greatest gift I could give to anyone. Mm. That has been uh, so many people that have come on this show have said that what initially drew them to the game was that it's like playing a link to the past over again for the first time. Um, So that's, that's really awesome. That, that, that was kind of the first sentiment captured even from the earliest builds and, and, you know, that has been retained and we've been, you know, building off of that ever since with, with newer iterations. So that's, that's awesome. Um, uh, anything else about like this, this first build, you know, uh, maybe kind of your next steps after you take in some of this, uh, feedback, what do you, what do you do with it next? Well, uh, there were, there were some very interested parties in contributing and, and the, the big one, uh, is car cat, I, I believe goes by cat devs games now. Mm. And, um, he was, he was another one of the, you know, actually knows assembly. Um, and, and whenever we had ideas, there was never a question of if we could do it, but how long would it take to implement this? Uh, one of the, one of the first problems, uh, before I, before I released this, I tried randomizing, you know, items onto, uh, Sasrella and, you know, some of the other nodes like that. And I found if this item wasn't a major item, like if it didn't go into your inventory, then what you could do, like if, if, if Sahasrala had a red rupee, you could go to him and talk to him and get a red rupee. And then you could talk to him again and get another red rupee. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> it just instantly load up on on whatever he had. Why did you so, fix that? Uh, <laughs> car cap fixed free that. Uh, and and uh, oh wow. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, think about it though. You know, the consumables. I've never personally found that. Oh no, I'm lacking bombs. You know, or anything like that. Uh, or, or even rupees. Like, what do you what do you spend rupees on other than flippers? You know, uh, I mean, there's stuff. I, I bombs. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure the meta has changed a lot, um, but bombs is definitely something you got to keep an eye on these days. I could say, in, in most modes, I think so. that's also maybe an interesting topic of discussion right here because, especially stuff like the bombs and arrows and their capacity upgrades, they've gone through a whole bunch of back and forth throughout the history of Rando. Uh, I don't think you were able to shuffle or do anything with them in the early versions of the game. So you would get an upgrade if you went to the fairy and like Hyrule and paid her and then she'd upgrade your bombs or your arrows, whatever you wanted. Yeah, right? that's, that's that's correct. But she was so far out of the way that, um, that nobody I bothered. Mean, it, it was never worth mm-hmm. it was yeah. never worth doing. Uh, that. And then when I started getting into the Rhino community in like late 27 or something like that, uh, 2017, 
um, they uh, uh, had the capacity upgrades as actual items that were shuffled mm -hmm. into the mix. So you'd open a chest and you get like a five arrow upgrade or a five bombs yep. upgrade or something like that. And now we're back to the upgrades being back to the fairy, but the purchase of them being quicker. So they're like the Zelda one take any caves in a way or the stores where you walk up and then you purchase, you know, a, a, an arrow upgrade with the added benefit that if you're buying an upgrade for the capacity, it refills you fully. So that's yeah. like a, you know, strategic nice decision bonus. to make. I suppose if you're yeah. going out of your way to buy a bomb upgrade, you also get all your bombs refilled or arrows or something. So, you know, that's what we're currently working with. Who knows? It might change again, you know, for, for, for all we know in version 33 or 35 or whatever we'll be at in some years, uh, the, the capacity upgrades are back as items. But I think it's, you know, yeah. that's interesting to, to see how, especially those things, you probably, you know, when you were first developing the Rando back then, as you were saying, you probably weren't really worried about it, right? You need 500 bucks for Zora. And you never really ran out of bombs or arrows, so you know nobody really thought about that kind of stuff. Yeah, and and the rupee capacity wasn't even bumped up uh, until a few versions in. Mm. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. We're one of the things that, that I always wanted to do <laughs> that that I never did while I was developing it was I wanted to make the stores relevant. You know, because mm -hmm. uh, at best, okay, yeah, you're going to go in for bombs sometimes. Um, if you didn't, you know, at the time bombs were pretty easy to get just early on, like you would just find them in chests all over the place. And so you wouldn't have to go to the store to buy bombs. I mean, that was definitely a play that, that you could do if the seed wasn't being super nice to you, but, uh, there's otherwise no reason to go to the shop. I mean, you could, you could buy a shield, I guess, but, um, you know, that, that is such a limited capacity. I always wanted to see like, well, what if, what if the store had, an upgrade in it you know what if you had to buy the book of Medora? you know what if what if you had to buy you know pegasus or something like that uh one thing i'd really really like to have seen was what if you have to take the fish to the to the bottle mm. seller oh wow and then get an item that way you know <laughs> yeah um so you can do that and he gives you just like a random it's basically like a, a prize something from the prize pack but um, I don't know if there has ever been a, a um, endeavor to make like prize pack locations have items. That's actually really, I mean, that's really wild. We're doing pots now, dude. Like at that point, uh, I'm pretty sure someone's <laughs> going to do it. And uh, that's when it starts to become too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's okay, part pots of are fine, but, but having to take the fish to the guy. That's no, I mean, <laughs> let's take the pots away. I'd rather take the fish to the guy. That That makes a little more sense. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. So where are we in our in our history here? So um, Cat Devs Games has come on to to help. Um, were there any other folks that were kind of instrumental in developing the game in these early stages? Cat had brought on Small Hacker uh, to assist with a lot of the ASM development. And uh, Christos Owen came on um, and, and he really was focused on the logic behind what items could go where um how can we maybe open up this a little bit or how can we stop ourselves from not being able to complete pod you know 
because that was a huge problem at the time. That was that was the 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 focus for a little bit was Palace of Darkness. Mm. Uh, I mean, it turns out that the keys are are perfectly set up in the vanilla game so that you can't lock yourself out. But once you start moving them around, it becomes like you could easily open a door and then all of the remaining keys are behind locked doors. Yeah. I mean, even to this day, pod is uh, sometimes or used to be called. I don't want to revive old memes that people roll their eyes at. But, you know, people used to say uh, business in the front party in the back, which means you go in there and the front chests are all full of keys. You'll find nothing but keys, but all the good stuff is in the back. So, you know, even to this day, the whole lockout thing has been solved, but it's been solved in a way where you'll just walk in there and find all the small keys most of the time. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> so so Pod is the mullet of Zelda randomizer. That's it, right. That's, that's, that's the beautiful. meme, unfortunately. Uh, it really is. <laughs> See, okay. this... Yeah, I'm sure... I'm sure if I were exposed to it for like a month, I'd be over it. But yeah, see, this that's why an interview like this is so fun, honestly, because, you know, the game inside and out, but you haven't been a part of the community. So all of these memes that we ran into the ground years ago, like we can get big laughs out of you from those now, you know, so that's <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, old cynics like Herf and Dante and myself, you know, we've we, once you hear the same joke, you know, 10 to 15 times, it starts to get harder and harder to chuckle at. But when they're brand new, that's fun. <laughs> so oh, that that reminds me of what i sent you before uh when when you first asked me this i said i need a link to the discord and i capitalize a and link in discord and, <laughs> right and I then, and then even... i sent you a message this morning it's like i was looking through irc logs and i made this exact same joke in 2016 <laughs> i need a link to the discord so. yeah and we i like there's definitely been times in episodes where we've been like uh Oh, yeah, we linked to this in past episodes. Like, we'll kind of say link to the past in conversation. And sometimes we catch it and laugh. Sometimes we don't even notice. It's been so, so many times at this point. Um, so, OK, so this is interesting. So you kind of had set up like you understand the idea of like, OK, what we're doing here is certain items can go certain places logically. And, you know, uh, you're, you're building it out that way. And then you have folks like Christos Owen who are coming in and really like getting into the weeds with the specifics of some of these locations. Yeah, kind of kind of refining like like what are the things you could do? Um so, for example, I knew that you could go in and defeat Aghanim with with just the cape and the bug net, right? That mm -hmm. was not news to me, but he he figured out, let's say, to get to West Dark World, you know, you could you could get there with, you know, the swim or or hookshot or, or so. there was there was some some part of that, like Dark World navigation that I just was completely blind to uh, that, that I guess I didn't I didn't know. Uh, once you once you don't have the hammer, because you always think about, OK, well, the first thing I had to do is go get the hammer so I could actually explore the dark world. Um, but you don't actually need that. Right. You, you could just have the hookshot or. or right. Um, and there, there were he was also a lot more familiar with with some of the glitches that you might consider like not major, like fake flippers mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And and. um. I always made kind of a conscious decision, at least in the first version or the first few versions. The only difficulty was called casual. And the idea was that as a casual player, you could come in and beat any seed without having to know um, how to Tricks do fake slippers, for example. and stuff. Yeah. 
you know, which which is absolutely a glitch, but it's not game breaking. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not like exploration glitch. Yeah. Uh, Um, Talk about that a little bit more. Why was that important to you? Accessibility. Um, When the, the Super Metroid randomizer first came out, it was a console application. And so in order to to run it, you'd have to I think you actually had to download the source and compile it and run it. Uh, there may have been an executable available, but either way, you'd had to download it, uh, feed it your ROM, that sort of thing. Um, I wanted to make it so that all you needed to do was was get the the application and then just like hit a button and go. Right. If you had a seed, you could put it in and then now you're playing the same game as someone else. Um, but it needed to be very simple. And and so I made the ethically dubious choice of including the ROM into the executable. Like you couldn't, you couldn't like pull it out of the executable or anything, but when you'd hit the button, it would generate the whole ROM for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that really, I think lowered the bar to entry. Uh, now super Metroid isn't the, the, the game that everyone remembers growing up, right? Zelda is. And, and so I think, you know, making sure that, that people could just go in and, and start a game of randomizer, um, with like minimal, minimal setup, minimum, you know, configuration. I don't have to bring my own ROM, none of that. Uh, I think that contributed a lot towards breaking out of the speedrun community and into the general populace at large. Hmm. Yeah, that is absolutely something that has persisted. And and I would agree one of the things that has made ALTTPR specifically so popular is the website interface, um, how you know easy it is to get on there and generate a game. There's presets that are ready to go, but you can also get really specific, and that's very easy to navigate. You just bring your own ROM, click the buttons, you're you're ready to go. It really could be easier. Um so that was that was it sounds like that kind of came from you was that that want to to make sure that this was going to be um, really easy for people to use. That's that's pretty awesome. There, there, yeah, there was definitely uh, sort of a push from a couple of the other folks that that like were saying, you know, I really want to be able to customize this a little more. I want to be able to say, um, you know, change how the randomization is done or, or change like the level of, of glitches I'm willing to tolerate or that sort of thing. And, and we did introduce a glitch difficulty, um, fairly quickly, but I was always kind of adamant. Like if, if we're going to do that, we need to make sure that, that there's still the ability to just, you know, click a button on the drop down and then go. Um, yeah. and I'm very happy to see, you know, I, I, I took a look at the, the current randomizer. I, you check in every now and again, but I took a look at it and and uh, you just click start playing, right? I would say it's highly optimized uh, and yeah. it does a really good job of like if there is an issue like, oh, you need to go do this or like if you're running into trouble, like the help page is also really, really um, well, well done. So and not to mention, I mean, there's an entire discord full of people that are that cannot wait to help you solve your problems so that you can play a seat because they want you to experience it, too, because it's so much fun. Yeah. Um but yeah, accessibility has has absolutely remained a priority in uh, in, in the, the development of this game. And that's very clear to see even as just a, a member of the community. 
So uh, let's get back to our timeline here. So you're working on versions of the game. Now you've got a little bit of help um, to get things developed. Uh, and you're working your way towards uh, a couple different things. There's a uh, SRL race, and then there is the official live release of V1 just a few days after. So tell us a little bit about these few days and some of your, your memories of the May 29th through June 2nd of 2016. Well, like I said, um, you know, I, I, I don't have I don't have the logs of the original SRL race um, unless unless it was that that May 31st one. Um, but yeah, people took to it like really fast. Uh, I mean, it's, it's all oh, hell you've played it. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's addictive, right? Yeah. And, and how so, similar was the, were those first versions to how it looked, let's say like, you know, the last time you checked in um, pretty similar or I, well, I mean, visually, of course it's, it's pretty similar, right? <laughs> like like the, the lay person, I don't think necessarily would be able to distinguish, you know, version one from version you know, the current version, mm -hmm. you know, other than, you know, the hearts are different colors, the sprites a different, you know, sort of thing. You know, there's, there's, there's some nice UI improvements nowadays. Um, but as, as far as being able to tell what's different about how the game plays, you know, that's, that's something you got to play a few seeds to really, really pick up on. Um, yeah. and, and of course it's, it's a lot different now in terms of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, like I said, it was it was is easier to find important items because they would as a, as a quirk of the algorithm sort of front load for one thing, and so so it'd be much rarer to have oh the mirror is at the pedestal you know <laughs> or something <laughs> weird like that. Mm -hmm. um, so so nowadays it's it's I think a much more balanced sort of playthrough. Uh, comparatively um and and like i said there's a lot of a lot of nice ui tweaks uh that um let's see i think i think the last time yeah we had the shoulder buttons um we had some english text mm. uh compared to when it started it was it was just a japanese rom with some items moved around and you, you always knew beating, beating, um, Eastern palace was a good idea because Sasrala had something that was worthwhile, mm. you know? Yeah. You I was, always knew. Go ahead. Like going to Zora was good. <laughs> um, I was going to ask ahead, like, Dindy. uh, early on, like with, with your versions and, and this is, this is where I came in, you know, I came in 2018. So, uh, very late as far as like all the, the quality of life features that we have today. So, um, your versions, if, if I remember correct and correct me if I'm wrong, they, they, they had the text still in there. Uh, there was like the, the heart pieces that were like just kind of visible or the items that were just kind of visible out there. Uh, I don't think those had been randomized yet. It was kind of almost like what you would call like a major, like just major item shuffle. Is that a, is that a good way to put it or? Am I kind of off base? Uh, that, that, that was like the first couple of versions. Uh, I want to say by version like three, four, five, somewhere in there. Um, Carcat had figured out how to make all of those change. Okay. Uh, so so you know, by the time I stepped out, um, you know, version seven, uh, you know, going to going to Eastern early wasn't always the best play. You know, now it was dealing with 
the the quirks of the algorithm and and the tendency for hype cave to be so good and stuff like that and that's a much more difficult problem to solve without attacking it from a completely different angle sure uh one thing to uh, mention maybe is uh the very early versions i'm not sure when this was implemented but uh at the start you definitely couldn't uh randomize the the dungeon prizes right as what i mean are the pendants and the crystals and then which dungeons they are hmm. yeah definitely not for for a couple of versions that was also pretty high on the priority list i think mm-hmm. um hmm. because it's, it's just such a core element it's like Okay, well now we can put um now we can put the crystals all over the place. And so it's important to make sure we know from the inventory screen by looking, do I have crystals five and six so I can go to the bomb shop? You know, it's important to know do I have the the green pendant so I can go to Sahasrala? Um that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and an interesting quirk about that, uh so Crystals Owen is red, green, colorblind. And so a pendant would drop and he's like, I don't know if that's the red one or the green one. <laughs> so that's where that this, sort of accessibility star. came from. Yeah. That little asterisk that's next to it. That's yeah. Cool. Uh, one of the coolest things that, that, that took me by surprise is I was playing one day and then I got the silver arrows and it, it was, it was the arrows and it said AG and I'm like, Oh, that is so clever. That is really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, speaking of Christos Owen, there's another person that, uh, is no stranger to this show. Um, we've had him on a few times before. Um, we've, we've dubbed him the father of randomizer. He's allowed us to call him that a few times. Um, he is kind of seen as the, I guess, kind of lead developer, I think nowadays, um, and really has been ever since I joined the community around, you know, early 2018. I'm talking, of course, about our friend Vtorp. Um, can you tell us how he got involved in the in the project in these early stages? Um, well, to put it simply, he sort of he sort of involved himself. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I remember he messaged me and, and I remember I didn't have a whole lot of interaction with him at first. And and he he kind of built his own version because because what was happening is there were multiple people working on the ROM side and implementing new features. And uh, I was kind of getting to a point in my life where I couldn't implement all these features quickly enough. And, and so for the preview version, you would go to the, to the randomizer VT seven or VT eight or whatever. And, and that was his version. Um, and, and so it, at first it, it, it seemed to me like kind of the, the niche version where um, you know, if you wanted to play with the latest hotness, you know, that's where you'd go. And eventually it would get ported into the, to the main randomizer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course what ended up happening is, is it became the main randomizer. And, um, I think, I think it's probably better off for it because it is a lot more accessible in that web form. Um, I'm, I'm, I do web development for a living, but it's never been like it pays the bills, right? Mm-hmm. It's never it's never been like my sort of when I don't I don't naturally turn to the web when I think, oh, I want to build something. Yeah. So it, it doesn't um, come as naturally to me. And and for VTorp, it, it very clearly comes much more naturally to him. So mm. so I think him taking over as as sort of the maintainer and becoming the father, I guess that would make me the mother. <laughs> 
Yeah, if he, he, he <laughs> I guess he's like the adoptive father and you're like the the natural father or, you know, your God or something. I don't know where the, the metaphor kind of runs <laughs> off the rails at a certain point. Um, but yeah, Vtorp, uh, it kind of took that over. And just to make sure it's absolutely clear in case anyone was wondering all of this totally amicable, no bad blood or ill will or anything like that in terms of him kind of taking over, uh, with the web version. I will, I will say whatever impression you've got out of Vtorp, he is even better of a guy than, you probably mm. think he is. Mm. I mean, he's absolutely a wonderful person. And I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't be happier, honestly, seeing it in, um, you know, in control, uh, under his custodianship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I was a little miffed when I found out they took my name off the logo, but you know, <laughs> yeah, beggars can't be choosers. Right. I, yeah. I, at this point I'm, I'm really not, uh, I, I don't have a hand in development. So it makes sense. Uh, okay. Let's see. I want to make sure we get to everything. We, we, uh, you know, we do have a, a limited amount of time, uh, it, you know, today to, to speak with Desirect. Um, in terms of, so, you know, we've rolled out the first version, um, updates are coming in, uh, hot and fast. The, the, the V3 is out within a month. So it goes through two version changes. Um, and then, you know, as we know, basically from 2016 to, I want to say uh, beginning of or like mid 2018, there's something like, you know, 30 different versions um, in that period of time. Is there anything else that you want to say kind of about, you know, from that first version up until the point where you kind of took a step back with any other uh, kind of memories or thoughts to share? Um, not not really. I like like. I mean, the tournaments were going, um, I don't think people had started up ladders yet, but I mean, it was very clear, you know, there was a, there was a discord. I mean, it was, it, it just, it just spread like wildfire. Uh, I remember, um, at some point in, in that heyday, uh, Jason Schreier of Kotaku reached out to me, uh, with some questions and unfortunately I'd gotten them to, you know, my answers back to him just a little too late to be really included in the article. But, um, but that, that kind of raised awareness quite a bit. I think that led to, you know, another explosion of, of the community. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I just, I'm, I feel so lucky that, that like, this is, you know, this is the, out of all the randomizers that exist, in the world right now, this is the one that took off and, and really penetrated the, the, the public consciousness the most. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would absolutely agree. I mean, it's the randomizer of course that I gravitated to. Um, we've talked a little bit about, you know, popularity and numbers, you know, looking at things as rudimentary as like, you know, discord server numbers. You know, we had Tresco on of the Ocarina of Time randomizer community and, you know, talked about the difference between how many people are in that discord versus the link to the past one and, and a few other randomizers like Super Metroid and, and the, you know, uh, SMZ3 com- combo, uh, all of those. Link to the past numbers are lower, but it, it maybe it's because I'm biased. I have a podcast about this game, but I feel like this is the one that if anyone has played a randomizer, it usually is this one and like you said and so many people have said it just lends itself to randomization it just feels so good and so fun to play and it has been developed to a point where it is extremely accessible and you know just creates you know hundreds and hundreds of hours of entertainment um so uh 
you know, since we're kind of talking about this now, um, you know, from that point in 2016, when the first version came out to now, I think it's safe to say you're, you're a lot less involved kind of in the community. Um, was there kind of a certain point at which you kind of reprioritized things and maybe took a step back or was it kind of a gradual thing or do you not actually feel that way? What, what are your, what are your thoughts now in terms of involvement with the game in the community? Well, uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I absolutely did, um, take a step back. Uh, there were, there were other things in my life that, that just became more pressing. Uh, so for all of 2016, um, I'd been a magic, the gathering judge for quite a while. Um, and some, some great stories about that. I actually ran into, to pro Jared at a, uh, at a, at a large tournament. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I came up to him and was like, I think I recognize you. Um, I wrote the randomizer and he was in the middle of his, his randomizer, uh, playthrough, mm. uh, on YouTube. Um, so, so it was very, very topical. All right. Uh, and, and I remember another, uh, this is, this is kind of a little aside, I guess, but, um, it was at the same tournament. I think someone was talking about super Metroid randomizer and I overheard him and I'm like, Hey, you know, I think I, uh, I think I've heard of this <laughs> thing. So, yeah. Um, so that was, that was absolutely wild. Um, at the beginning of 2017, I was transitioning away from being a magic judge. I was, I was, uh, looking at, you know, selling my collection and, and I ended up buying a house that year and, uh, there was just a lot of things going on my life outside of, you know, I, I, I just took a, a massive drop in, in my online presence overall at that time because I was just, I had a lot more things out in, in the real world, you know, sure. to do. So, mm-hmm. so um, um, they were all very important. Before we yeah. move on, if I may cut in real quick here, I, I want to ask you a question, Desi, that I've asked every rando developer, I think that we've had on so far. Um, I'm not sure how prevalent this was in your like heyday of the rando development in the early stages, but uh, definitely when I came into the scene in like 2017, 2016, whatever it was, um, there's always this discussion. I found it interesting to hear you say, you know, you got interested in the Super Metroid rand, uh, yeah, Super Metroid randomizer because you originally speed ran the game. Uh, because there's, mm-hmm. especially in the bigger rando scenes, uh, there's always been this weird push and pull between the speedrunning community and the rando community. There's a big overlap, but there's also a lot of speedrunners that were claiming, you know, oh, rando is ruining our game and this sucks and who developed this and this isn't really speedrunning and boo, rando. <laughs> you know, I, I think at this point, everyone has kind of, at the very least, settled with the fact that randos around and here to stay in the legitimate thing and i think the discussion has mostly died down but i was wondering how how was it back then did you notice or did you get any of that i i will say one of my favorite videos it came out uh right after sgdq uh 2016 or someone yeah is this guy talking to a camera and he's like I need to talk to you about a scourge of the speedrunning community linked to the past randomizer. It's spread everywhere. Everyone's playing it. 
you know, and, and he was just, yeah, I, I, I think he was being a little sarcastic here, but <laughs> you know, he was, he was basically saying it was a plague. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and one thing that I've noticed since then is if, if I go to Twitch and I go to watch a legend of Zelda link to the past, uh, everybody that's streaming that almost always is streaming randomizer. There's, there's nobody, yeah. there's nobody streaming speed runs. There's nobody streaming blind plays. It's all randomizer. Uh, I mean, you'll, you'll get, you'll get the occasional blind play. You'll get the occasional, you know, but it's, it's, it's absolutely destroyed. And, and, and I don't, it's, it's, it's like, if, if you are interested in just watching link to the past, <laughs> there's nobody that's making that content really, <laughs> which is kind of unfortunate, but um I, I don't know there's enough out there you know go to youtube there there and like you said well, there's some blind plays on twitch there's uh you know there, if you're there's just, a few yeah if you're desperate to watch people play vanilla it's you're supported the speedrunners still do exist uh i mean mm-hmm, and, that and, too. and some of the randomizer players like myself you know have kind of uh you know started dabbling in in vanilla just you know to to learn things like learn how to uh, you know, execute well and stuff because it's, it's much more noticeable there and it's things you can bring back to like competitive rando, I guess is a way of putting it. Um, it depends on, you know, obviously how, how serious you want to take it. Cause you know, it's a what 30 year old video game. Big time commitment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will say that I, I firmly believe that without randomizer, there would be much fewer Zelda ROM hacks. I, yeah, I think that stands. For yeah, reason. absolutely. I'd agree with that. Yeah. There, there was, Barely anything when randomizer came out. There was, um, uh, oh my gosh, I don't remember the names of them. There was, there was one of them that was like, you know, this is, this is the Zelda ROM hack and, and I never, uh, parallel worlds. Yes. I was, it was on the tip of my tongue. I was like, I, we have to remember the name of this because we talked about it on this podcast before too. Yeah. And, and so that was like, there was, there was maybe a couple other ones, but, um, now there's there's a lot more out there and um i mean i don't want to take all the credit but you know like the ego part of me does <laughs> <laughs> i think you should take a little bit and i don't know if you've seen but uh you know uh, several times a year now the current dev team will make rom hacks of the randomizer in the form of festive seeds um i don't know if you've seen many of these but it's basically you know we're using rando as the base and then rom hacking that you know changing textures of enemies you know putting little santa hats on them and uh that's kind of how it started and now it's like it's almost like a completely different game these the various festives that they put out so um those are the zelda rom hacks i see the most are are straight from the the rando (laughs) devs uh funny you, you should mention it um so we've got a little bit more time here uh I want to talk a little bit more about kind of like the community today and, you know, just uh, going back to, you know, ego and like how much credit should you be taking for this? Um, just what is it like, you know, reading these articles and, you know, like having yourself be referred to like by your last name, you know, like, well, then in 2016, Carol did this. I mean, like, what what is that like even? Oh, that is that is the most surreal experience, like. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know. You just, you just can't really describe it until it, it, it happens to you. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah, that, that feeling that's, that's kind of weird. 
Love, did um, you have any inkling when you like, you know, on those train rides, you know, in Dallas that like this could become something at the scale that it's at now? Zero. Hmm. Absolutely none, because I'd already done two randomizers at that point. You know, yeah, those weren't wildly successful. Why would I think that this one would, you know, I just wanted I just wanted it to exist. Yeah. Yeah, just kind and of then, like I didn't really care who was playing it. I wanted to play it. Yeah, like having a personal drive to just say, you know what? I wonder if this can be done. I want to make it happen. Uh, and you know, there's needs to be a lot more people. I think uh, like that in that regard. Yeah. Could you yeah. point? Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, no, no! I was just gonna say, yeah, absolutely. If there's anyone that's listening, that's like, you know, they have this sort of project that's like, I want, I want this to exist. I want to, I want to play. It. Just build it. Just, yeah. just try your best. Build it and 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 put it out there and get people to, to help you make it better. You know, is there will be somebody, you know, that's going to find something in it and, and run with it and, and help you run with it. Absolutely. Amen. Huge. Amen. Was there a, can you remember like a specific point where you might've realized like, Oh, this is, this is not like the other randomizers. Um, it's really just how like the community attachment, you know, Mm-hmm. That's that was really my first sign is is just how quickly it grew out of out of nothing, you know, the the community because because I remember when the link to the past speedrunning community was kind of elitist and you know kind of jerks, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, and and it's not to like and and maybe maybe it was really just a personality mismatch, right? Maybe that's not maybe that's not fair to say at all, but. Uh, I did not have a very positive um, perception mm-hmm. of the community at large when I was trying to speedrun the game, and and so when randomizer really took off, it was it was such a different attitude. Every single person, and and it could just be from my privileged position, I don't know, but every single person that I've talked to in the randomizer community has been wonderful. You know, they've all been absolutely very nice and, and, you know, fun to talk to. They have all this passion about the game and, and the randomization and, and they just want to, they just want to play games and have fun, you know? Mm. That is another thing that we touch on a lot is the strength of the strength of character of the average community member and how welcoming and inviting the vast majority of folks in the community are. Um, like I said before, always happy to answer a question. You know, even if you might think it's a stupid question, you can post it in general in the main discord and nobody's going to give you a hard time. And people are generally happy for you when you, you know, reach some sort of goal. Um, and yeah, that, I think that's another reason that and that's almost like maybe a happy coincidence because I I don't know. It's a, it could have just as easily gone the other way and people could have been elitist. You know, like you said, I've certainly seen that in other communities. Um, so, yeah, we are we are very, very fortunate. Everyone in our community, with very, very few exceptions, is is, is a, a quality person. And uh, I uh, I just can't imagine, you know, being in your position and writing this code and then having it turn into turn into this, you know, it's, it's, it's absolutely, uh, incredible. 
Um, the last thing I was hoping to do before we uh, wrap up the show here is you have some things that you've brought along. Um, mm-hmm. Specifically, you mentioned uh, from the AGDQ 2018 uh, panel that you had presented and you had some, I think, some pictures to share from us to share with us. Oh, well, um, well, I mean, I have I have my video up and, and hopefully you can you can grab some some pictures and, and uh, yeah, you know, share share that with with your community. I sure will. Um, before I do that, though, I, I, I just had had one more thing to kind of touch on that, that community. Thing. Yes, please. Um, I could not sleep last night. And so what I did is is I went and, and I pulled up a link to the past on Twitch. And of course, it was all randomizer streamed. <laughs> and I found someone that had one viewer. And so I hopped in and I was just watching him go for a bit. And I'm like, hi, please. And and then he started saying hi and stuff. And I'm like, hmm, he doesn't he doesn't seem to know who I am. I'm going to ask some questions. So I asked him a whole bunch of just completely ignorant questions that I already knew the answer to. And and this guy, uh, Jokey1981 on Twitch, uh, you should follow this guy because he is absolutely just emblematic of the community every question like he was just very uh very calm very like he took time out of his run to explain things to me and um you know i asked questions about you know why why does the character look different and and stuff like that (laughs) you know he would alt tab over and he'd show me the website and stuff like that it was really really cool experience to to get that um, and, and he was thinking about quitting the seed and, you know, of course I tried to encourage him to finish and all that. Uh, my favorite quote of the night actually is like, I'm not enjoying the seed. It's horrible, but <laughs> he's still playing it anyway. Right? <laughs> I really thought when the credits rolled, I realized, Hey, my name's still probably in the credits, isn't it? I was the only one chatting and, and, and he didn't even notice as it went by. So <laughs> <laughs> that's not how I thought that story was going to end. <laughs> yeah. Did you eventually reveal your identity? No. <laughs> that's no. a little so, sad so, that he didn't notice, but I think, you know, at this point, everyone's played so many seeds and the credits are the part where everyone's like, yeah, okay, I've seen he, all this. Let's go. Yeah. He was waiting for his stats. Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. So, that's what people want to know about. Oh yeah. Yeah. That so I, I, like I said, I, I hope, I hope people follow this guy and the next time he's streaming randomizer, you know, just, just engage with him and say, Hey, I heard about you on the go mode podcast. Uh, <laughs> that you know. name sounds so familiar. I was just trying to look around a little bit and do some searching, like in our discord, our emails, like our reviews. I know I've heard that name before, but maybe I've, I've watched him on Twitch too. I don't know, but um, yeah. Jokey 1981, you said, everybody go give Jokey a follow. Absolutely. Uh, so, um, all right. So when I went to AGDQ 2018, I, I was not expecting to get showered with gifts and, uh, I, I sort of got showered with gifts. So, um, first off, uh, I want to show this, this is a shirt that, um, absolutely incredible Alucard, um, came to me and, and he's like, well, Hey, we're making a small batch of this. We commissioned this artwork and, um, do you want one? Uh, we're, we're getting t-shirts and sweatshirts. And I said, of course, 100%. I've never had merch of a product that I made before. (laughs) So, you know, it's, it's absolutely a new experience for me. Yeah. Uh, And, and I wanted to be, the problem is, is the shirts a limited run. And there's a hole in the side. No, no. And uh, 
So I can't wear the shirt anymore because otherwise I'll destroy it. So just but, to um, uh, so to describe, I've got a screenshot that I took and uh, we'll put that in a, a link in the description for anyone who wants to see this. But in case you're like driving or something. So it's it's a black T-shirt that Desi Rect has held up on the front of it is an illustration of Link opening a treasure chest. And all of the items from A Link to the Past are spewing out of this chest. Um, it's one of those super cool shirts where like you can kind of wear it. And people might not even like ask you about it. it. Just looks like a cool design or whatever. But if someone does, you have a very specific answer of what it is. Like a cool band shirt, basically. Um, so it's it's really cool. And then on the back of the shirt uh, is um, the you know R the like randomizer R uh, over the Hylian shield that's kind of become the like randomizer logo on the website. Um, I have never wanted a shirt more after learning that <laughs> only a few of these exist. Like. Vintage rando shirts? Are you kidding me? Like, I think it's also worth mentioning uh, that the, I believe I I can't say for sure on that point, but but I believe the artwork is still around somewhere. It seems like strangely familiar to me. I'm not sure where I would have seen it. Maybe on a stream somewhere or something. Um, but what I'm definitely sure about is that a the logo on the back is still being used. I believe it's yeah. the logo of the ALTTP randomizer Twitch channels that the uh, Christos Owen and the community admins have made at some point in the past to restream like tournament matches and stuff on. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alucard, who gave you that, is still around in the community and active, and uh, you know still running in tournaments and playing rando to this day. Yeah, we need to hit up Alucard. See if we can get another reprint. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I saw that the Patreon for the randomizer is doing pretty well, but you know, if you wanna if you wanna inject a little more money for development, print some shirts. <laughs> yeah. Know, some, I mean uh, for real though. Print some bags or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit of merch. Like I know I would buy it. I'm I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. Uh absolutely. Gotta make sure it's in a um, tank top though. <laughs> yeah, Dante only wants the tank tops. We were talking about that before we started. <laughs> um, cool. Okay. Well, I think uh, we're probably at about the point where we want to wrap up our conversation about the history of Link to the Past Randomizer. Uh, but Desi, thank you so, so much for taking the time out and sharing your experiences. Um, just absolutely a pleasure to have you on. Well, thank you for having me. So we're going to wrap things up here, um, maybe throw out a few shout outs from our personal lives, some things that we're into. Uh, Would you like to join us? Absolutely. All right, here we go. Okay, so uh, no emails this week, so I'll just kind of cut right to the chase. If you want to send us an email, you can do so by sending it to email at gomodepodcast.com. We're also, of course, on Discord. We have links to that at gomodepodcast.com. We're also on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, all those places. Um, You can find me occasionally playing A Link to the Past Randomizer at twitch.tv slash temp underscore. Uh, something that I've been into recently, I'm going to jump on the bandwagon. You've probably heard people talk about this show, but I finally checked it out. It's on HBO Max. It's called Our Flag Means Death, uh, starring uh, Reese Darby. Um, he was the manager of the band from the show Flight of the Concords, a guy from New Zealand, comedian, extremely funny. I could just listen to that guy read a phone book and I would I would laugh my butt off like his his voice and the way he acts is just so funny. Um, so that is uh, our flag means that it's a it's a uh, fictional retelling of a true story about a man called the gentleman pirate who was actually really friends with the real life Blackbeard 
in the uh, I think 1800s. So it's it's extremely funny, very well made show. Uh, that's that's going to be my recommendation. Um, Dante, what do you what do you have for us this week? Uh, I um I just want to shout out um No Kid Hungry. Uh, we did that marathon for uh, on SG's channel uh, last week, and um. Yeah, it raised. I, I, I'd say our run was uh, was successful overall for it to be kind of, you know, a weird dance game showcase type thing. It's not really like a speed run per se, but um, we hit our donation incentives that uh, the the admin set up. And um, I don't know when, when when you have like incentives and they get met, whether they be big or small, you kind of feel like, all right, well, I feel like I kind of made made a little bit of a difference. I helped, you know, uh, raise some money, so to speak. And, um, yeah, there was a lot of people in the, the randomizer community who came out to, uh, to support me on that and the, the dance game community as well. So, um, I do appreciate them and all those who donated and, uh, yeah, it was overall a good time. That's kind of the, at least what I wanted to shout out. Cool. Awesome. Herf? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, let me think. Um, all right. Well, so I finally jumped on the cyberpunk train. Oh. Uh, after it was on sale on the PlayStation for 25 bucks, uh, and they finally put out like the fifth huge patch that patched in the new generation console features and made it run better and crash less. And uh, I've put about maybe 50 to 60 hours in so far, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's only crashed twice so far, and I've only seen maybe <laughs> five T poses so far. So we're still good. You know, we're we're on record, and we're 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 going straight through it. Uh, it's a lot of fun if you enjoy games like that. It almost feels a little bit, uh, I was talking to a friend earlier, it almost feels a little bit Bethesda janky, if that makes sense. So it's not super broken where you can't play it, but sometimes you see an NPC stuck in the hood of their car, T-posing, driving <laughs> around the streets and stuff like that. So if you don't mind that, it's definitely in a playable state now, I'd say. Nice. Okay, and Desirect, tell us uh, you if you have a Twitch that you want to shout out or any other social media or anything like that, any projects you're working on, this is kind of your chance for plugs. And then we'd love it if you'd share um, like something that you're into. Okay, um, so the projects I'm working on, um, it's again, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't necessarily want to announce it, but, sure. but we've already kind of announced it. Uh, and, and I've been working with a high school friend, uh, on an old Western roguelike called dust devils. Uh, and, and our website is at seasonalcat.com. Um, and we also have, uh, another game that we had, uh, kind of an alpha version called dungeon patron, where the idea is you invest in the party going into a dungeon and you get a take of of what they get out of the dungeon. Oh, cool. And it just sort of like, it's a live action. Like, like you put in the money and then they're going to go in the dungeon in like an hour or two hours or something like that. And they'll go down and they'll go down and then maybe some of them will die and they'll come back up and, and uh, you never know what's going to happen. Um, that one we had in alpha, we're eventually going to come back with, with another version of it, but you can, you can see more information on that on seasonalcat.com awesome. as well. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Very cool. We will uh, absolutely put a link to that in the description. Seasonalcat.com. And uh, I'll tell you, tell you as far as um, TV shows that I've been enjoying, I've, I come back to every time it comes out as uh, a show called Taskmaster. Oh, uh, yes. It's a British show. 
uh, put on by Alex Horn and Greg Davies. And uh, every series, they get a set of five comedians to do a bunch of tasks. Some of them are like, you know, do this as fast as possible or do this in this amount of time. You know, the very first task of the series that you see uh, is eat as much watermelon as you can in one minute. <laughs> and and then they come in and it's a whole watermelon. <laughs> one of the one of the contestants thought, oh, it was going to be like a melon buffet. Right. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's a British show also, which I feel like is such an important uh, aspect of the show is like. As something about like the the British humor of it, like the way they approach the task. Like I feel like if you know, if you ask Americans eat this watermelon, like every single one of them smashes it and just starts like stuffing their face as fast as possible. And like a few of them yeah. do that, but some of them are like, oh dear, oh oh, Paula, you know, it's it's just it's a tag. I I have to second this recommendation. I absolutely <laughs> love Taskmaster. It's an incredible show. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, I, can, I, I guess we're at the end here. Uh, so thank you all to the listeners so much for listening to this episode. We'll be back again in two weeks with episode 100 of the Go Mode podcast. Holy the crap. The big 100. It's happening. Un- Congratulations. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you. It's, it's, <laughs> it's been I can't a long believe road. it myself. <laughs> it has been a long road from August 2018 until two weeks from today. That's That's the... That's the the 100 episode journey. So we hope you'll join us for that. Uh, Another huge thank you to our guest, Desi Recht. Again, thank you, Desi, so much for, for joining us today. Oh, I had so much fun today. Thank you. All right. And with that, nothing left to do except mirror out.